Okay, so not to brag or anything, but someone proposed to me 11 years ago in the first grade. <laughs> so here's the story. It's after recess and we're lined up, we're on the wall, ready to get in the classroom, and this little boy, and we're both first graders, and he's like, Trinity, I love you. I want to marry you. And first grade me is like, uh, okay. <laughs> and this poor kid, he's so excited, and he's like, all right, if I'm going to marry you, then I have to bring you a gift. I'm gonna bring you a gift tomorrow. And I just stayed silent, and looking back, I feel so bad for this poor kid because he walks into school the next day, probably with his gift, ready to hand it over to me, and he looks for me, and he can't find me because I had switched schools. <laughs> and rejection sucks, or so I assume. I don't really know because um, <laughs> I was too busy playing Power Rangers with my little brother to care about this boy's feelings. But the question I have for you guys tonight, and although that situation is so silly, this poor boy, he put his heart on the line and he got rejected. And the question I have for you guys tonight is, have you guys ever put yourself out there only to be rejected? Or have you ever thought about putting yourself on the line for God, but then wondered if he'd turn away? See. My first grade suitor was ready to give his all for this relationship. And that's what I'm talking about tonight. Giving your all, but to God, because he won't disappear on you and he won't give up on you. I'm sure if you've been here for any length of time, we've probably had a conversation, because I'm a talker. Or, <laughs> or you've seen me around. But what a lot of you guys don't know is my story. And I'm gonna be honest about it, I don't like being vulnerable, which is why like, a lot of you don't know my story. But I feel like God wanted me to share my story tonight because life isn't all rainbows and sunshines, even for those speaking behind the pulpit. And even though life isn't all rainbows and sunshines, God it can and will take any story and turn it and flip it to glorify him. Through him, there is so much redemption. Tonight, I wanna share my story of giving it all to God, my hurts, my mind, and eventually all of me. So here it is. By the age of three, somehow my mom had taught me how to read. She potty trained me, she taught me how to count, and we were so close. I had so much love for him, her, and we spent like all of our time together. And then a few years later, my parents divorced and things started to change. And I didn't really understand the situation I was in. And then one night on, in fifth grade, I remember my mom asking me to do the dishes and I didn't do them. It was late at night and I just wanted to go to bed. So I went to my bed, I disobeyed my mom, and then she came upstairs to my room and found me. And things started escalating 
to the point where she was on top of me, holding me down, trying to, in her words, submit me. But in this situation, there was no tap out. And I thought I deserved all of this. I disobeyed my mom, I didn't do the dishes, I disrespected her, and therefore I deserved what had happened to me. And it wasn't until a couple years later, in eighth grade, when the situation escalated so badly. I had told my mom that my mom's boyfriend's soup was second best instead of the first best soup I've ever had. And the situation escalated so badly that police were called that night. I was so hurt, and I felt so betrayed, and I didn't really understand what was going on. And in life, the truth is that we all find ourselves in circumstances where we hurt, where we feel broken. Maybe for you, it was a bad breakup, or you in bed every night hearing your parents yell at each other. Maybe your friend betrayed you. And when we feel hurt, the devil likes to sneak up on us and whisper, you're weak. You can't handle the situation, and there's nothing you can do about it. Because when the devil sees a wound, he likes to rub salt in it. Because I was so hurt and the situation was so out of control, I had this overwhelming desire to hide. Have you ever just been so hurt or so depressed that you just wanted to hide from everything? That's where I was. I knew that I had no control over my mom's actions. I couldn't make her stop hurting me. I couldn't change her. And there fell, therefore, I felt weak. I built up so many walls to prevent myself from ever being hurt again. And I assumed that if I ever trusted anyone ever again, like I did my mom, that they would just end up hurting me. I closed myself emotionally to the rest of the world, and I promised to only rely on myself to protect myself from ever being hurt like that again. I was seeking freedom from pain, but instead I found a prison because the beliefs that I couldn't trust anyone again or that I was unloved were so heavy. They were overwhelming and they weighed in hard on me. I felt like I was too damaged to be loved by God and I was too damaged to give up my hurts to God. But God didn't see me as damaged. He didn't pick me up and set me back down again like I was too bruised. That's because God's not a picky shopper. He's a gold digger. God's not a picky shopper. He's a gold digger, and the gold is you. He finds you so incredibly valuable. He knows exactly what he is searching for and recklessly pursues it even in the darkest of caves where no man would dare go in because he finds you that valuable and worth any risk. God knows you. He knows every part of you, every wound, every scar, and he looks at you knowing everything you've been through and everything you are, the good and the bad, and he says to you, I want you. I want your hurts, I want your heart, and there's nothing you could ever do to change that. See, God's mind is made up, and there's no changing it. He wants you, and he wants you exactly where you are. And the scary part of this now is the ball is in our court. We have all been hurt, and maybe some of this 
Maybe some of us in this room are still hurting. Maybe your parents are getting a divorce. You just had a bad breakup. You and your friend had a falling out, or the people you love are destroying their own lives. If you are hurting or have been hurt, I'm sorry. I can't tell you why your grandma passed away, or why your girlfriend broke up with you, or why someone you love is destroying their own life. I can tell you this. Jesus wants your hurts, he wants your burdens, and he wants to give you rest from them. Matthew 11:28 says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. God wants us to come to him. There was this woman in Luke chapter eight, and she had been bleeding for 12 years, and she heard that Jesus was in her town. And she knew that if she could just reach out to him and touch him, then she would be instantly healed. And so Luke 8.44 says that she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Jesus was in her town. All she had to do was reach out to him to be healed and given rest from her pain. And Jesus is in our town now. All we have to do is reach up to him and hand over our hurts. We don't have to jump through 18 hoops to get to him. All we have to do is say, God, here's my hurts. You can have them. Psalm 147.3 says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. But before God can heal our wounds, we have to make the choice to surrender them to him, which means we have to admit that we need help. And I don't know about y'all, but I really struggle with that. But it's so worth it. So God wants every hurt and every part of us that's broken. And along with giving up our hurts to him, he wants us to surrender our minds. And it's a real battlefield up there. Have you ever felt so betrayed that all you wanted to do was rely on yourself and only yourself? That's where I was. After this whole situation with my mother, I felt I could never trust anyone ever again because I was betrayed so badly. And some wise woman I knew, whose initials happened to be JL, told me that my mother's mistakes were not my own, her choices were not my burden to bear, and that I could trust God. And I'm gonna be honest, don't tell her. I mostly ignored that wise woman. But she planted this question into my heart. Why the heck should I trust God? So I asked him. It's like, God, why should I trust you? And he revealed himself to me through sunrises and sunsets. So I would drive to school every morning in the sunrise and then back home in the sunset. And one morning I was reading my Bible and I read this verse. Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. And as I was driving to school, looking at the sunrise, I heard God whisper within me, Trinity, as surely as the sun rises and as surely as the sun sets, day after day, I won't fail you. So I came to this realization God has renewed life every spring without fail.
painted every sunrise and every sunset without fail. And in the evening, he puts the stars in the sky every night without fail. God doesn't fail. God is constant. And I came to the realization that his track record literally goes back to the beginning of everything. And I was like, okay, I guess I can probably trust God, surrender my thoughts to him, which is a lot easier said than done, guys. And so my trust with him actually looked a lot more like a game I'd play with my dog. I'd be like, okay, God, here are all my thoughts. You can have them. Here, come take them. And then as soon as he would like reach out his hand and walk towards me, I'd be like, just kidding, they're mine. (laughs) I have this, I got this mentality where I acted like Jesus was my cheerleader in the sidelines there for support while I called the plays. I had this, I got this mentality where I was like, all right, I got this. And at first I really believed I had it. I was like, yeah, I'm doing fine. I got this and I'm a little stressed out, I'm gonna be honest. All right, I got this. And I was so stressed out, my body was literally having stress seizures. I got this, and I'm on the floor of my room crying, can't breathe, having an anxiety attack. I got this. And I realized I really didn't have it. And then the light bulb clicked on. I don't got this. I don't got this, but that's okay because Jesus has it. And I was on my knees, humbled, and I couldn't do life alone without wanting that life to be over. I needed God, not in the sidelines, but in my life, directly calling the plays. And I had to apologize to him because here he was, arms wide open, saying, trust me, I got you. And I was there just blatantly ignoring him. So I apologized. And I asked for his forgiveness. And I humbled myself to him because he's the Lord of my life, and I'm not. See, the natural tendency in me was to try and use my own logic and my own knowledge in every single situation. But Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so for me, surrendering my mind to God looked like giving up control to him, even though at the time it didn't make sense to me. And for others, that may look like giving up certain things that saturate your mind with negative influences, like reading horoscopes, watching horror films, reading Cosmo or Dirty Jokes. And quite frankly, the world we live in is filled with negative influences and promotes countless of those negative influences. Or sometimes we mess up, we get hurt, and the devil likes to heap lies on top of that. And if we filter our thinking through those lies, we have a tendency to continue hurting and sometimes hurt others. 
When I wasn't able to get my life together or handle my situation, the devil told me I wasn't good enough and that I was unlovable. Surrender our, surrendering our mind to God means that we filter our thoughts through God rather than through our own logic, the devil's lies, or negative influences. Surrender of the mind sounds intimidating, but it's not. God wants your mind because he wants, you, he wants to give you a mind like his. And all it is, is really first apologizing for choosing to believe those lies or letting our minds be governed by the world or in my case, myself. And then it's saying, God, here is my mind. You are in charge of it. And when we surrender our minds, we can have minds more like Jesus. Philippians 2.5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ. As in, if we let God be our filter, if we let him change the way we think, we see the world in a completely different light. When we surrender, we become surrounded by him. Rather than seeing mountains, we see God's miraculous creations. Instead of viewing work as a means to make money or doing chores as a means to not get yelled at, we see it. God changes our perspective to see that we are actually serving the King of Kings, which is pretty awesome. We look in the mirror and rather than seeing ugly or not good enough, we see created in God's image. We see worthy, loved, strong, and or beautiful. And after I had given my hurts, my mind, I realized that I wanted to give him all of me. And I moved towards him and chose to trust him in every area of my life. And I was like, I was at the bottom of this really long slide with Jesus there, and he's saying, come to me. Trust me, I'm gonna catch you. And when I finally made that choice to slide down, I found out that God can run my life a heck of a lot better than I can. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. This meant that I couldn't pick and choose what I surrendered to God. It meant that I got to trust him with anything and everything. See, God cares about every aspect of our lives. He cares about our minds, he cares about our hurts, and he cares about what movies we like or what our favorite color is. This means that when we give our all to God, we don't have to hold back. He wants all of us. God wants to be the mightiest in even the smallest parts of our lives whether that means showing off his miraculous beauty in a sunrise, guiding you in a tough situation with a coworker, or revealing how he feels about you in some random movie. If we surrender to him in every way and do things with God and through God, and even the smallest of things, he can bless us in the biggest of ways. I surrendered my finances through him through tithing and some pretty incredible things started happening. So I got this job, and I'm tithing, and I was like, God, please give me a car so I can get to work. And then randomly, a few weeks later, later my grandma gave me her car that I could borrow until I got my own. And then a year later, after I had saved up some money, 
I asked God if he would help me find a car. So we went car shopping, and we found a car under my budget, and I asked for God's permission to buy it. And the only thing I've ever had to buy for that car, and her name's Lorelai, by the way, was a pair of, like, a set of wheels. And so then a year after that, I'm a little concerned about Lorelai because I don't think she can make it to Iowa for college with me. And she's like, God, can I can you help me find a car to help out with the situation? And randomly, and it was super crazy because my stepmom is attached to her car. She's like, okay, you can have my car. I was like, what? So surrendering our finances to God is so worth it. And then I also surrendered where I went to college to God. I'm like, all right, God, it's up to you. Can you just make the path so clear? And so in this whole process, I got rejected by a few college, I mean, waitlisted by a few colleges. Then I got some scholarships from a few other colleges, but not really enough. And then all of the professors that I knew from CMU where I had full tuition just randomly stopped talking to me and I was like, what's up? Meanwhile, the college that I'm now committed to offered to fly me in for free. And then they gave me $44,000 in scholarships. And as soon as I committed to them, okay, like a month later, um, I got another $10,000 scholarship to cover the remaining cost. So surrendering that choice to God was so worth it for me. And then I surrendered my identity to God. And I used to believe that I had to impress everyone, like I had something to prove, and that I wasn't lovable, and that I wasn't ever good enough, and that I wasn't ever pretty enough. But then, when I surrendered that identity to God, he totally flipped around. He defined me as loved, worthy, strong, intelligent, and beautiful. And owning the identity that was defined by God gave me the power to reject the lies of the things I'm not. And when I trusted God with my life and laid down my burdens at his feet, he became my refuge. He gave me peace and the ability to let go of things that I couldn't let go of before. He gave me the power to reject the devil's lies on my identity. He gave me freedom from my mother's life choices. He gave me the wonderful gift of being a sister to all of my siblings rather than a parent and a promise that he would protect them. I didn't have to. When I gave all of me to God, he gave me my freedom. Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. We can choose to be slaves to our hurts, letting them dictate how we live, or slaves to our anxiety, our depression, letting them tell us to stay in bed all day, or our need for control, or we can choose to be free and give him all of us. God wants all of you. He wants your heart, your mind, and your all. And when you give him your all, he makes himself known in every area of your life. And so I feel like some of you guys maybe haven't made that decision yet, that first step in asking Jesus into your heart. And what that prayer really means 
is that you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you and that you believe that he rose again and that you want him to be the leader of your life because he's forgiven your sins and he's giving you a home forever in heaven and he's really good at running your life. So if that's you, we're gonna say a prayer if you're ready for it. So I want everybody to close your eyes and bow your heads with no one looking. And if everybody can repeat after me, so if you are embarrassed or like alone, you feel alone in this, nobody feels alone, okay? So everybody's gonna repeat after me, okay? Lord, I am sorry for all the wrong things I have done, for living in my own way rather than your way. Please forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and then rose again from the dead three days later. I invite you to my heart. I surrender my life to you. I give all of me to you. Please come and be the leader of my life. Thank you for giving me a home in heaven. Amen. And if you just prayed that for the first time tonight, congratulations, you are saved. That is absolutely incredible. Please like tell all your friends, a leader, a pastor about it because we want to know. And then maybe for some of you, you've already accepted Jesus into your heart, but you haven't been treating him like the leader of your life and you haven't given him all of you. And so again, in the privacy of your own heart, I want everybody to close your eyes and think, is there any hurt that I haven't given up to God that I am just keeping for myself? Maybe for you, a friend just hurt you a little bit. Or maybe you have a family member that's super sick. And if that's you, and if you haven't surrendered a hurt to God, all you have to do is apologize. Start with, just apologize for taking that hurt on your own so you didn't have to. When you're ready, just begin to surrender those hurts to him. God, I surrender my life situation. haven't been, you've been good about surrendering your hurts to him, but you haven't given him your mind yet. You haven't let him filter your thoughts. And if that's you, again, just like I had to do, just apologize.
apologize. God, I'm sorry for trying to take control over my mind, over my thoughts, letting these things influence what I think about myself. you've apologized, just begin surrendering your thoughts to him, mind, and maybe for you that means making a choice to not read that magazine again, because it's a bad influence on your mind. Maybe it means surrendering your identity to him, letting God define who you are. done there, just think within yourself, what do I have in my life that isn't God's yet? What have I made the choice like not to give it to God? <laughs> Maybe you're super nervous about tithing and you haven't surrendered your finances to him, or you don't know what the next step in your life is. begin saying, God, I give this to you. God, I give you all of me. Lord, if we have chosen to hold anything back from you, we are sorry. Lord, please forgive us. Thank you so much for being there for us. And in Jesus' name, Lord, we just surrender our minds to you, our hearts to you. And Lord, we just want to give our all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.